Friends, this is the second Sunday of Lent, and we continue our Lent series focus, The Gift of Who He Is. And together you and I get to unpack the theme today, which is God is holy. And so to be speaking about the holiness of God, it is good perhaps to begin with some definitions of what holiness is. It was the English theologian by the name of Thomas Watson who said, Holiness is the most sparkling jewel of God's crown. It is the name by which he is known. Uh, For John Wesley, the father of Methodism, holiness is God's primary attribute or characteristic which God desires and commands for all of God's people. That means you and I. And so each of these descriptions are acknowledging the words that are spoken by the prophet Isaiah. And that leads us to our first reading for today, which is found in Isaiah 57, verse 15. The Word of God says this, This is what the high and exalted one says, He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. And so we give thanks to God today for the scripture reading. Friends, these words offer us a glimpse into some of the descriptions we have just shared about, about God's self-existence. And that God is utterly distinct from us. You see, God being holy, separate, and distinct means that there is nothing. There is nothing in all of creation. No one in the creation. Even man created in the image of God that can compare to God in his nature. He is beyond all comprehension, beyond all compare. God is absolute perfection. Friends, here in the Methodist Church, our presiding bishop, Purity Malinga, at the conference in 2021, shared the theme for this year that we are currently in. And the theme was reimagining social holiness, sustaining hope and healing. And at the conference, uh, presiding Bishop Malinga shared with us a reading, and it is a reading that forms part of our focus for today, uh, which is our second reading uh, that we'll share in together, which is found in 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 15 to 16. Uh, This is what it says. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy. In all you do, for it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. And so we give thanks to God for this life-giving reading this morning. You see, friends, presiding Bishop Malinga, she shared this description, these words in her address, and I want to share them with you today. She said, Deepening our spirituality is the way to ensure closeness to the holy God who alone can draw us in holiness. 
it is a known fact that we cannot share with the world what we do not have. The call of God to God's church remains, be holy in all you do just as he who calls you is holy. This call demands our continuing individual and collective repentance from sin and a commitment to live Christ-like lives. It demands us to live lives of prayer, lives that are close to God. God's holiness does not make Him unapproachable, and actually God chooses to live with those who approach Him. Such a powerful statement that is offered to us by a senior pastor of the Methodist Church. But as we reflect on this statement, this is not an easy call. You see, friends, when the unholy confronts the holy, we become very conscious of our own sinfulness, of our own mess. It glares and it stares us in the face. And when seen next to the purity of God's holiness, the impurity of our sin becomes overwhelmingly evident. It is like we are living our lives with the light switched off so that we are able to hide all of our mess and our sinfulness and our wickedness in the dark. But when we step in and we come into the presence of God, the darkness disappears and all of it is exposed. And as we live our lives, friends, we, we generally feel like we are doing pretty well because we've been comparing our lives and our mess and our sin with, with the Joneses. Maybe your surname is Jones, and, and maybe I'll say with the Smiths. And when we compare ourselves to those around us, we have this incredible way where we get to spot those who are seemingly worse than what we are. But when we compare ourselves to the standard of holiness. When we begin this process of comparing all of our sin and our mess with the standard of holiness, we need to take care. Because that's when the walls of delusion come crumbling down. And so this is why I believe to have a true sense of the nature of God, this holiness of God that we speak of. We have to wrestle with the deep sense of our own sinfulness and our mess. We have to name it, we have to own it, we have to become accountable for it, uh, we have to take responsibility uh, for all of this mess and the sin that goes on in our lives. Friends, drawing closer to the holiness of God, it awakens it all. It brings it all to the surface. All of our sinfulness. But in this process of encountering 
encountering the holiness of God. We go on a journey until we end in this place of extravagant grace that is offered to all of us by a holy God. But it is during the process of transformation, if you like, in the trenches, we begin to comprehend and understand this true holiness of God. This holiness I speak of has an inner and an outward dimension. And so the invitation for us today is to embrace both of these dimensions, both of the dimensions of this holiness that I speak of, the inner and the outer dimension. And so to understand the characteristics of God, that being holy, each of us is asked to participate on a journey. I know I've been speaking a lot about journeys lately, but we are in Lent, and, and we find ourselves on these wilderness journeys in our lives. But the journey I ask us to go on today is the journey of transforming our motivations, our desires, and our attitudes. And friends, as we do this, I want us to be guided by three loves. The love of God, the love of self, and the love of our neighbor. Three loves. And so firstly, I want to just unpack a little bit with us this morning the love that we have for God. Friends, the love we have to offer to God is the love that is given from God himself to the world. Because God himself is love. Scripture tells us that, that God is love. Love is God. And when we are transformed by the Spirit of God, this inner dimension that begins to take place, we are given a capacity to love with the love of God. Scripture reminds us of this in 1 John 4, verse 7 to 11. The Word of God says this, Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Perhaps what John is saying to us in this reading, that our goodnight kisses kind of love that we offer to God sometimes, is so far removed from the divine kind of love of a holy God. The love of God, it is holy and it is pure. It is flawless. It, it, is, it has no selfishness. It has no wickedness and it has no sin mixed in it. This love of God is a majestic sacred love that we are called to offer to God in return. Friends, it is this love that we offer to God when we praise and worship. It is a love that challenges our motives. It challenges our desires and our attitudes. 
We are asked to love God because God is holy. The second reflection I want to share with you is uh, with this lens around these three loves is that it's the love that I have for myself, the love that we have for ourselves. These words spoken by Peter in our reading today, they are tough to hear. Obeying this call to what I want to call personal holiness can be seen overwhelming. To love ourselves means that we need to accept ourselves, all of ourselves. It means accepting every aspect of who we are. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And it is this transformative process that sometimes leads us to feeling a little bit overwhelmed as we go on this journey. Trying to measure up to what it is to be holy because He is holy. But the truth is that every one of us, all of us, are living in a sinful world. But we are still called to be holy as He is holy. And so friends, if we agree with the definitions of holiness, and we agree that holy is who God is, then I want us to agree that this God, this holy God, would also provide a means for us to embrace personal holiness and love ourselves in the process. We get a glimpse of this when we look at the words of the psalmist in Psalm 24 verse 4. The psalmist shares some helpful wisdom with us. And he's saying to us that on this journey of personal holiness, we must have clean hands. We must have a pure heart. Tells us, do not lift up our souls to an idol and swear by what is false. Great advice for the journey. Friends, the evidence of how we love ourselves is seen in how we live our lives. How you and I respond when we are at home affairs trying to get a passport or an ID. What it's like to stand in a queue at the post office to renew your license disc. How we deal with teenagers in our lives. How we manage the complexities of frail parents. Personal holiness. It's the words that come out from our mouths. Personal holiness is every thought that is released from our minds. Holiness is placing it all, our words, our thoughts, our lives, every detail of it under the scrutiny of the one who is holy. And so when we have transformed our motivations, our desires, and our attitudes... That is when, in that moment, when glimpses of God's holiness break through in our world, through you and I. 
It's a gift. The third point I want to reflect on is the love that we have for our neighbor. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Those are familiar words that we've heard many times. John Wesley wrote these words in the preface to the hymns and sacred and poem publication. This is Old English, so bear with me as I, I battle through the Old English. Wesley says this, he says, The gospel of Christ knows of no religion but social, no holiness but social holiness. Faith working by love is the length and breadth and depth and height of Christian perfection. This commandment have we from Christ, that he who loves God loves his brother also, and that we manifest our love by doing good unto all people, especially to them that are of the household of faith. And in truth, whosoever loves his brethren, not in word only, but as Christ loved him, cannot but be zealous of good works. He or she feels in his soul a burning restless desire of spending and being spent for him. Friends, social holiness is about the practice of radical inclusivity. It's all about relationships with people and, and participating with a holy God in all aspects of this world and creation. Loving our neighbor and the holiness of God should be cultivated in fellowship and mutual accountability. This holiness, it's found in the life of our church. It's found in soul groups. It's found in support groups. It's found in pastoral conversations. It's found in moments of worship just like this one. It is in these places that inner and outer transformation takes place. And where radical communities can cut across all boundaries economical, political, racial boundaries. And it is here in these places of social community that we can learn from each other what it means to love God and to love our neighbor. And so for us, holiness is also social in that it grows in a community of Jesus' people. But it's not exclusive to this community. It also grows in all communities amongst all people in our world. And I emphasize all people because it is inclusive. And so friends, having shared these three loves that guide us in this journey of transforming our motivations, our desires, and our attitudes... I want to point out that the truest test of holiness is not how it holds up in heaven as a characteristic of God. But the truest test of holiness is how it holds up here and now. Not how it holds up in a perfectly 
holy environment, but how it holds up in an utterly sinful environment, in our communities, in our homes, and in our church. Friends, when our relationship with God, with self, and with others, when it becomes stale and predictable, we can fall into a trap of becoming religious. It is possible. And I say this with a heavy heart. It's possible to pray prayers, to lead groups, to preach sermons, to sing songs on a Sunday without the process of inner transformation taking place. That stuff also forms part of our sinful nature, our baggage that we carry. But I want us to hear today the words from 1 Peter. Our holy God is calling us to be holy as He is holy. And so how do we do this? To be holy is to consciously align ourselves with our holy God. And we do this through our beliefs, through our attitudes, and we align our lives with God's promises. And we do this by spending time in God's Word. We do it by praying prayers from the depths of our hearts. We do this through learning to see that God is around us and active in our world. And we do it by responding to the nudges of God's Spirit so that we consciously can become vessels through whom this life-transforming holiness can be witnessed by others in this world. Friends, it is then when we encounter the holiness of God that will change our lives forever. It's in this moment where we can live boldly, boldly for Jesus Christ, so that others will be drawn in because of what they see, because of this witness, and themselves call Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. Friends, I end with the words by Eugene Peterson, who authored the message translation of Scripture. I share the words of the reading from 1 Peter 1 verse 15. So roll up your sleeves as obedient children. Let yourselves be pulled into a way of life that is shaped by God's life. A life that is energetic and blazing with holiness. Friends, may you and I go from this moment out into the world as obedient children and let our lives be shaped by God's life, the one who is holy, so that our witness to the world can be one that is energetic and blazing with the holiness of God. Amen.